Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 38 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Hey, Carson and Danny. I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So before we start, I would love for you just to tell everyone a little bit about you guys and your amazing business, multiple businesses, really. Yeah. So we have a coaching business where we coach entrepreneurs on a variety of things, uh, building a team, building systems, and really building funnels to help them to uh, have really spacious businesses so that they don't feel so overwhelmed. And that really helped us through developing our own business that was spacious, helped us to co-found together the CEO Box, which is our second business, uh, which is an online gifting service for entrepreneurs. So Everything we do is for CEOs, basically. (laughs) That's our bread and butter. I love it so much. How did you, I would love, I mean, I actually know you guys. uh, Let me say Kirsten. Kirsten and I were in a mastermind together um, over a year ago. So it's it's amazing to like chat with you guys now and just see all the amazing things that you've done over the year and also how you've been able to build this second business, which it, you know, it's not easy when you're already building a very successful first business. Um, you guys are just crushing it. So um, I would love to hear a little bit about what made you want to start this business and like maybe a little bit more about what the business actually is, the CEO box. Yeah, so I can start. So it all started with, first of all, I just want to say, I never thought we would do anything like this product-based. Um, and the only reason we can is because of Danny. <laughs> Because he is the king of all things like inventory management and like, he's just so good with all the tech. And so with that, I am the ideas person. So I had the idea and because we were trying to gift clients through our, at the time, marketing agency, and I had to do 25 gifts for one group program. It was miserable. And I knew Danny always wanted to do a product-based business. And I went in to the living room, literally the, the living room. And I said, Danny, I think what if we did our own gifting service for entrepreneurs? We already have a market. We already have a network. Is that something you think you could do? Yeah. And I think it was really nice to have the uh, marketing business because that helped us to have like a stage for a lot of people to um, enjoy our services when it comes to gifting. Mm-hmm. And so that was one idea too, where you saw a lot of people having uh, enjoying certain services, other product-based services when it came to gifting, but we wanted to help them when it came to a specific niche like this, when it came to clients and gifting clients and so forth, mm-hmm. and kind of go more of like 
be your own CEO instead of just a general box of, you know, items. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to serve entrepreneurs uh, in a different way. And this was the perfect opportunity to do so. I love it so much. And yeah, I'm so I'm so happy for you guys. And I know how, you know, it's hard to start a new business, especially when you already have a business. And I know, I know that you guys moved across the country and just like a lot to juggle, honestly. So um, I'm so happy. And you guys launched this January and I know that your first launch was went really well. Um, maybe want to talk about that, just like how it felt to actually build out your product and then get it in the hands of customers and start seeing social media. I would love to hear like how that felt for you guys. Yeah. So first of all, it took us so long to launch because we were so insecure. <laughs> like, like we we realized that for our specific um, gift box service, you know, we, we mm-hmm. weren't like, this isn't a small pool. Like we were kind of going up against some big fish. And I remember, and I know Danny remembers the day before launch, us wondering like, should we reduce our prices? Should we, we're never going to be able to compete. We had so much insecurity and I'm so glad we pushed through it. Yeah. Right. And, and then we ended up having, um, you know, a five figure launch, our first launch, which is just incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things where you just got to do it. Like, you know, <laughs> going through your program as well, Carrie helped a lot. First of all, to say it helped us so much to kind of figure out how to get this started, where to go with it. And we have not even implemented parts of what your course told us to like such as marketing and so forth. So we're still like, there's so much in it, which I love about the program because you can go back to it and kind of like, okay, I've done this part. Let me work on this. Um, So we've been enjoying that. But yeah, it's one of those things where you just kind of jumped in being prepared for it and just kind of like doing it. I don't know. It was was just nerve wracking. You're always on the computer the first day. Like, okay, (laughs) is there any issues or people having issues with the website? (laughs) That morning we got into like a family, like the whole family, because our mother-in-law is our production assistant. And so we got the whole family was like really tense and like bickering (laughs) that morning. And we just were like, because it was just so nerve wracking. And then it was so funny. We launched and we got sales within the hour and we were just like, um, you know, we love you, right? Like we all love each other. You know, we had to like say our tenseness because so it's one of those things. But with that, I'd say that was like the biggest challenge of launching. But we, again, going back to like, we're so glad we just pushed through it because it ended up being the most rewarding launch of my life yeah. that I've had. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that your family like was rallying together and you know, that's that's amazing. I feel like you need support. I feel like I didn't really have that when I launched my business. Like I feel like I was just on like a little isolated Island and didn't have a lot of people that really knew what I was doing. And I don't know, it's funny. It's hard when you don't have friends or family that are having their own businesses, like I I think they just don't get it, especially with the physical product, because I think it's different with a service-based business. When you have an actual product, it's like, that thing is like your baby, you know, there's so much heart and soul that goes into the every detail, like the packaging, the logo, uh, like what you put inside, every single thing is so, there's so much detail and like, it literally feels like a little baby. And so it, I, cause I've now had, you know, the service business and the product and I know how it feels different for both. But so I do think it's important that you do get the support. So I'm glad that you guys did. What do you feel like went right about your launch? Like, what do you think you did that was 
the mm. right way? And maybe like, what do you think you would have done differently? I would love to hear your answer first. I'm trying to think. I'm honestly trying to think. <laughs> I felt like, I'll be honest. I felt like we did everything we could possibly do right. With our yeah. I don't feel like I would change it. Even if there were mistakes, I felt mm. like that was a lesson to us to figure out like, okay, you can't, you shouldn't do this and you should do this next time. So I felt like it was actually very good. Honestly, I think just right now we're maintaining that obviously and trying to grow it, but I feel like there was a period where we could have grown, grown it a little bit quicker than we had at the time. So mm. I think that one, I think we could have worked on, but right now we're doing everything we could mm. on that side to make it grow, reaching out to people and so forth. So I would say that maybe at the middle stage, kind of make it grow a little more with reaching out. Yeah, I would say, I, I think what he's referring to is affiliate marketing and yeah. things like okay. that, kind of things to boost it more. What I say that we did right is we did curated boxes to start. Mm-hmm. And that really helped us with inventory management and preparation. Yes. So for us, the curated, but we were very scared about it because we thought, oh, everyone's going to want custom, but people actually ate up the curated boxes. They really enjoyed them. Um, I'd say where we, the only mistake I can think of would be that we were convinced (laughs) that the creative box would sell off the shelf and it ended up being our least performing box. And so, yeah. And so we ended up, um, you know, I'd say if I had to think of anything, it was really just making assumptions before just letting it kind of run a little bit. But other than that, yeah, now we're at the point where we're like, okay, we definitely need to boost our affiliate marketing and things like that to get, have an engagement strategy for our affiliates. Cause that was a little patchwork, but um, like Danny said, I'm just happy we finally did it. Cause it took us so much longer than it needed to Yeah, <laughs> out of all that, like try, that perfectionist, you know, things. It's hard not to, I mean, it's cause you don't know. You're like, well, what if no one buys? What if my price is too high? What if everyone hates it? Like uh, what if we get bad reviews and yeah. those are, you know, those are all things that hold us back from launching when in fact, like just launch it. And then if you get bad reviews, just figure out what people didn't like and fix it. You know, there's always solutions, but yeah, it's, it is hard. It's very scary. I also created a product, you know, with a, so my was a pet subscription box and I created mine, you know, going against BarkBox, which was one of not only the biggest pet industry box, but also one of the first ever subscription boxes. So they are just, it's like, it's like you're a little ant and you're launching against Godzilla basically. But what can I do different? Like how can my product be different than theirs? And I actually created, I actually, instead of being like, well, I'm going to charge the same price as them. I charged $10 more and I was the highest most expensive pet subscription box. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really scary. And I think too, a lot of people that I talk to, they're actually afraid to create their product because they're like, well, there's already the bark box or the box box. Why would I even try, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe I would love to, this is like one of my favorite questions. Maybe what do you feel like you did different than your competitors? For me, the first thing is we are the only Hispanic, Hispanic owned, first of all, but Hispanic millennial owned gift box service. And so we really wear that on our sleeves to this day, but we also really wore it on our sleeves when we were launching. Like we are, you know, self-made from the ground up. Um, and we really, with that, that really helped us build our community, like 
pretty fast. So we were able to build our community faster because people really connected with our story when it came to that. And then I'm sure Danny can speak to the logistics of what we did differently. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we're going to do that's different from the major box services out there is more of custom gifting in the sense of creating and designing your own box through us and still having products through us. So you can always design your box somewhere else, somewhere else, but without having products, you have to order the product separately. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to give our clients that special area where they can design their own box. They can have it designed by us and also have products from us. So it's a one-stop shop to get both products, um, products and custom boxing uh, for their clients. And what's important to note about that is it's for the entrepreneurial industry. So meaning mm-hmm. we are going to provide concierge program box design for course creators with programs for, you know, their, um, their business, you know, their business in general, like if they want to brand their box with their logo or whatever it is. And that is something that we found is a huge hole in the market. There are a lot of people that will let you design your box, but they'll ship you the box and then you have to find the products and you have to pack and ship it. We're Mm -hmm. providing not only box design, but also on-demand shipping and products for people. Uh, so yeah. that was, that is going to be like the game changer <laughs> yeah. um, for us. And so everything we do is in service to the, to the entrepreneurial industry. And I think that, that is like what really um, helps us stand out. That's for- amazing. Um, I love, love that idea. That's so cool. Um, because I think so many people, especially if you have, you know, courses or group coaching programs, like you want to send something to, to those people that join. And mm-hmm. I, even myself have thought, I kind of would like to do, I'm not going to, but I kind of want to like get a box design and, and, you know, put like a book or something, or I don't know, something that feels personal. And I was like, no, I'm never, that's, I'm not going to do it. That's just custom, right? There's like a balance. (laughs) Like, I honestly, it just feels like too much work. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to. Um, so I love the fact that you are thinking of an idea that can really be personal to a business, but also, um, just like a really cool idea. I love that. Something I want to point out too, that I know you'll appreciate Carrie when it comes to like doing things differently is really like, it goes back to not making assumptions because what you said is a perfect example. When we were doing market research, I had seen on all these different like stories, you know, cause we watch our, we watch our clients, you know, they're packing their boxes and they have all these custom products. And we're like, it's easy to think, Oh, they already have something that they're doing. They already are with the company or they like it or whatever. And what we did was we put ourselves out there. Like it doesn't hurt to ask. And so we literally responded to a couple of people when we saw those stories um, that I was mentioning and just asked them like, what about this? Do you love? What about it? Don't you like? And what was so interesting was that our idea for what we wanted to create for people is exactly what they wish they had. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were like, actually that's, you know, yeah, it's great to have this beautiful box and everything, but I have to do this and I have to do that. And so we could have easily put that idea to the side. And now we have a full wait list for more than we can handle for program box design. So it's just, it's so important if you're listening to this, (laughs) it's so important to just like, just ask, like, don't assume, don't like throw your idea away because you see something and you're making assumptions, like 
market research is the biggest thing, especially that I've learned, especially with product-based businesses. Oh my God. I, I, I feel like I need to like cheers you guys or something right now. Um, yes. Everything you just said is so important. Never assume. And that's exactly what everyone does. Like, Oh, well, my idea has already been done or like, Oh yeah, of course people will love this idea. Instead of just Mm -hmm. spending the time and validating and like, I love that you guys also went and like reached out to people and were like, Hey, um, what did you like about that product? What did you not like? And then created something that people actually need. So genius. I'm so happy to hear that. And, um, I think it's funny too, just to backtrack on the, your, I forgot the name of the box it was, but you said that there was a box that you thought was going to be like your bestseller. And then it was Very actually, box. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always think that's funny. And I always, whenever I'm working with a new client and they want to launch like 50 products at once, especially with boxes. And I'm like, no, just mm-hmm. do like two or three. That's it, please. Mm-hmm. Like you have to wait and see what people buy and what people don't buy. And then obviously double down on the ones that people are buying from you and you'll learn, you like, you'll figure out what people like, but it's always funny because same with my business. Like, and actually me and my husband were talking about this the other day. I used to create these like really fun themed boxes during the seat, like different seasons. And I would create something. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the greatest thing I've ever made. It's going to be so awesome. And then like, no one would buy it. Mm. And I would have a different box that I was like, well, this is cool, but I'm not very like, I'm not sure people like it. And then that was one that everyone bought. So it's sometimes funny with like the stuff that we think is going to work so well. And then it actually just does not work. So I know. And that, and that has been <laughs> funny enough. We had two more curated boxes come out with brand new products. And I definitely thought the one box was going to sell off the shelf based on Q1 and the products that were being bought. And then what happened? The other one ended up. So there, we had like um, a very office supply focused box, entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, a self-care box. And in Q2, we were like, oh, it's definitely going to be the entrepreneurial one because the Q1, nope, Q2, it was all the self-care box. People love the self-care box. So it's just, it's so funny and interesting, like to see buyer behavior and how things shift based on your assumption Yeah, <laughs> and just being flexible to that. Yeah. I feel like even too, sometimes like I was at the, the office thinking, okay, let me see what people are liking and disliking mm-hmm. from what we have. And then I made this very simple because all our boxes initially were like oh, $77. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what? let me give, let me give people a chance to have something a little bit less, but they get more of a punch. And so I thought of a few items of the blue light glasses that we have a notebook mm-hmm. and a led light. Mm-hmm. And I put those three together and called it the CEO starter kit, right? The basic necessities. For two weeks straight, that's what people were sold off the shelf. Yeah, they were only that. Yeah. So sometimes too, as you're going along the way, you make those adjustments and then you kind of like, yeah, you sell. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad Danny's the one in charge of that. Cause I wouldn't have (laughs) product stuff overwhelms me. (laughs) I'm all marketing and creative. It is. It's, it's hard to know like what, this is something that happens to people all the time. Like if something isn't selling and they're like, it's almost like you go into panic mode and you're like, okay, what do I do? No one's buying. What do I change? And then the first thing that people do is like, well, maybe I should just reduce my price. And that's not always the case, you know? So I like that you guys just created something new at a a lower price point. And of course it worked. So 
And that's awesome. So in terms of just like growing, what have you guys been doing for marketing? I, you know, I love talking about marketing stuff, but what have you guys been doing for um, just to get the word out there? Danny's pointing to me. So he's the one that's <laughs> very good at that. <laughs> it's funny. I have to shout out our marketing team. We yeah. have a marketing integration team that like we have an, you know, an assistant and a director. So the only thing so far that we've been doing for marketing, which is what makes it so incredible so far is social media marketing, organic social media marketing. And Really, I mean, we're technically on TikTok, but Instagram is the primary driver. And really what we focus on is we don't post every day. We don't, we probably post max once a week, but we focus on sharing our user-generated content, which we do get a lot. So um, the the boxes that people um, take pictures of. Mm-hmm. And we focus on sharing it on any other channel. So for example, like on my personal Facebook page or on my Instagram, uh, separate from the CEO box, we just share. Uh, and when we have new products, we share. So it's actually a very, oh, an email marketing email yes. for sure. Of um, so we do email every week. Yeah. We email once a week and our list is less than 200 subscribers, but we continue to generate sales from emails like mm-hmm. regularly. And so our marketing strategy right now is low lift, but it's working, which is so incredible. And so now what we're doing with the new redesign of our website, now we're finally diving into SEO because when we launched, actually to this day, we're still not showing up on Google yet. Mm-hmm. And so our all of our sales are from repeat customers so far and from people that find us on Instagram. But we're going to focus on SEO and uh, Pinterest marketing. Mm-hmm. What we're going to start focusing on. And so that's our next, our next step, uh, for like organic marketing. We're, we're going to focus on that prior to running ads or anything like that, because we really want to see what can we do without it. So that way, when we are ready to spend money on ads, cause we love ads, we're just not, just not yet. When we're ready to spend money on ads, we're really doing it with like all the data that we could possibly have so that it's yeah. a profitable venture. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that's smart. And so like, and I feel like all the stuff you're saying is stuff that like, um, I did for my business. I really tried to just kind of focus on like one platform at a time and not do everything at once, which I think is what a lot of people do. They're like, Oh my God, I have to be on Instagram and Pinterest and affiliate marketing and referral programs and SEO and blogging. And then, and then what happens is they're overwhelmed and they don't do anything. And they're like, well, shit. I haven't been marketing my business. Um, so I think it's cool that you guys are just kind of taking it slow and figuring out what works. And, um, you know, as you're growing, you can add new things. Obviously SEO is one of my favorite things and that's going to be amazing for you guys. Even like, are you guys creating like blog content or anything like that? We will be, we will be. And so, yeah, it's been really, yeah, it's been so interesting how things have worked out despite having such a low lift marketing strategy. I'd say something else that really helps us is our community is so connected with us because of our existing brand that mm-hmm. we've actually gotten like opportunities that we didn't even think of. So the one that I'm thinking of recently is one of our our client, one of our customers reached out to us and said that they had an opportunity for us to speak at a Beverly Hills real estate convention thing. <laughs> Wow. And they all we had to do was auction off a box. And so we brought our we brought one of our new boxes. It auctioned for five hundred dollars. I was like, oh, give me five hundred dollars <laughs> for that box. It auctioned for five hundred dollars. And what ended up happening was as a result of being there, 
we were able to um, get a list of leads to reach out to for partnerships. And so it was things like that where I'm like, wow, it's so amazing the opportunities that you don't even know are there that, you know, to jump on, to get your, to get your name out there. And so to this day, we have people from that convention um, as customers now. And that's been really, we're really thankful to our community for like referring us to those opportunities because it's those organic strategies that have been really helping. Yeah. I think it's so important to leave yourself open to those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you become so tunnel vision and what you think people want, Mm. it can really restrict your opportunities. And so even with that, a lot of the realtors, they like to give boxes to their clients Mm -hmm. and they like to have a custom box Mm -hmm. where they have their design or their company logo on it. And so that also is why we're trying to do that custom gifting as well. So we can give those opportunities. And you would never think, right? Like real estate having custom gift boxes. Yeah. And like, we're, you know, well, we work with entrepreneurs, but we're like, I mean, yeah, we can. Yeah. So it was like a cool opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 And I and I also feel like real estate people kind of they have to be very entrepreneurial. Like they're kind of out for themselves. They're not their own business. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. And that's so awesome. And I love that. I like that you were talking about being open to opportunities because I think sometimes too, like, cause clients will come to me and say, well, should I spend the $20 and send that person a box or like, and you get scared about, you get scared about spending money. But I mean, I spent, and I waste a lot of money on giving things away. Sometimes it was worth it. Sometimes it wasn't, but you never know unless you just do it. And so sometimes that $30 box that you gifted actually results in tens of thousands of dollars in revenue for you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And and for us, it was, it was basically gifting a box to be able to network because we ended up doing breakout rooms with different people to kind of share what we have, how we created it. And again, people connected with our story. And Mm -hmm. so as a result, we've had customers since then. We had some of them actually do a giveaway with our box that we weren't affiliated with, but we thought it was cool. Like, oh, people are even doing giveaways with our boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We, remember we woke up to a bunch of followers. We were like, what's happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I would love to also ask you, cause I'm actually personally very curious how, like, I know you have a team, but still, how are you managing time? Like, how did you, <laughs> like, how did you manage your time when you were launching? And also how do you do it now? Because I know even if you have a team, this is your company and your baby and the headspace that it must take up and on your mental like clarity. I'm just curious how you manage all that. So I know. (laughs) So for me, well, here's the thing. Danny's full time in it. Danny and his mom, who is a production assistant, is full, they're full time in it. And so we have the privilege of already having a full time team. Mm-hmm. in that business that's not common but because it's our second business we focus on operations mm-hmm. and like setting that up while with your first business it's all about marketing and sales right yeah. but since it was our second business we were like let's invest in the operation so that we don't go crazy with everything else and so with that for me i have just gotten very disciplined with not letting it take over my headspace because i have mm-hmm. my brain in other things I show up to the meetings and I try to be as present as possible when I'm in the meetings with the team and I leave it at that. And then I would love to hear Danny with it being full-time, your reaction. I feel like 
I'm still bad at managing my time, <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> honest. still feel like um, a lot better than before. It's just hard to stop when you're constantly trying to figure out products, uh, logistics, and so forth like that, and trying to make it better and so forth. So I feel like I've gotten better, but still something I'm working on. I feel like Kay actually mm-hmm. had a good implement with our team uh, is when we now, instead of slacking each other and messaging each other throughout the day, and wasting time on that, mm-hmm. we have a morning meeting every morning uh, throughout the week just to talk about any questions or any thoughts people have regarding their assignment or what we need to do and go forward. And sometimes that lasts 15 minutes or less, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes 30 minutes to an hour. But mm-hmm. once that's done, everyone knows what to do for that day mm-hmm. or even for the next few days. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that really helped us organize our lives a lot better. Everything is a lot more simpler and more easy instead of constantly messaging people like, what about this? They don't respond for 30 minutes. Then you get in, then you have another question and so forth. So I feel like that actually really helped me and the team a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I came idea. I came in with my because that's what I do in, in our other business, right? Like that's all I do is like operation strategy for businesses and things like that. And so when things were feeling a little overwhelming and like we were working a lot but not getting anything done, I was like, all right, I gotta put my I'm gonna treat you like a client. Here's what we're gonna do instead. And yeah. then once that happened, everything's been so much more efficient. We've mm-hmm. been able to push projects forward and move them forward that were sitting on the back burner for months, you yeah. know? And so once we lock that, that team me- meeting system and yeah. he's talking about the scrum meeting system, once we did that and got all the team in line with, with the projects that we needed to do in sprints, that made the, like all the difference for time management and for actually completing projects. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, yeah. it's easy when something, when it's a second business, it's easy to kind of get caught in the, it's the side hustle, but we're really mm-hmm. trying to make it to where it's, it's a primary part of yeah. our, of our income. And so we needed to treat it accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, oh. I, I, I feel like the word side hustle, I don't know how you guys feel about that word, but I feel like it, when you say something is a side hustle, it almost like degree, it's like downplay, you know, it's almost like, well, I have a full-time job and I have a side hustle almost to like keep yourself safe. And yep. it's some, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah. calling it a business, cause that's what it is. And then, and, and if you're calling it a side hustle, you're going to treat it like it's a, it's an option. Yeah. It's less important. Like a hobby, right? Like yeah. a hobby. That's an expensive hobby though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially yeah. product based business. It's too expensive to be a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I would love to also ask you guys, I love the balance stuff. So thank you for sharing that. I, I was curious. Cause again, I know just like having a product business really is a full-time job. And so I can't imagine having another business. So I know that's a lot. I would say, what, what is your favorite part of the business? So like, if you could name one, maybe two favorite parts, like top two things about the business that you love, what, what would those be? And it could literally be anything. I think for me, I do enjoy looking for products. I'll be honest. I like product mm-hmm. sourcing. It is uh, a lot of work though. Not well, me. It's, 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 <laughs> product sourcing is so much work. It's yeah. I I can't stand it. It's I a lot of it. a lot I of can't. time that you can actually waste if you're not really like focused. Yeah. I really need to plan it out and figure out what people are liking or want. He's so good at it though. But I do find enjoyment in thinking about our clients, thinking like, oh, they're gonna like this, they're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna make sense for them when they yeah. get the results because 
you know, you can actually get a bunch of products and put it in a box, but it doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, a, it's easy. It's an easy thing, but it's a tedious thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's one for me. I got to think about my second. I don't know if you got one. Yeah. I'd say for me, I love from, <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a nerd, but it's true from an <laughs> operations perspective. Mm-hmm. I love how easy it is to delegate a product-based business as as opposed to a service-based business. A lot of times with a service-based brand or with a coaching brand, it's a lot of you. Even when you're out, you're still very much in. While I feel like we've been able to build a team that could be touchless if we wanted, right? Because it's so easy to teach someone how to pack the box, how to handle Shopify, how to you know, get somebody that knows marketing in your set. And so for me, I love how touchless it feels so that when we do get a sale, I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything for that. I don't have anything to do for that. Like, you know, she's going to go pack the, the production assistant's going to go pack the box and send it. And like, for me, it just feels very light. It feels a lot lighter than, hmm. than my other business. And I don't say that to knock my other business because I adore it in its own way, but like, I couldn't have two of that business, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have to have like the, ba- this, this yeah. balances us, balances us out for sure. Yeah. I yeah. love that. What, yeah. what do you, what's like the thing you like, what, cause I know my things I hated with my business. Mm. Um, a lot of them were systems related because I didn't have good systems. Mm-hmm. What is something that you just hate about the business? For me, it's definitely products. Like <laughs> <laughs> the whole business. <laughs> no, 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 no. For me, it's product sourcing. I cannot stand product sourcing. I'm very impatient. I don't like pricing strategy. I get very overwhelmed by that. And Danny lives for it. Like he lives for like the perfect pricing strategy and, and the clients know it too, though. Cause the customers are like that last box you just put out is amazing. I'm like, that's Danny. That's not me. <laughs> and then I'd say also, um, I'd say the one thing it's funny. It's like a love hate for me. It's like, I love that it doesn't need my face, but at the same time, it requires your attention. It requires my attention. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to describe it. So like something I love about product about product-based businesses in general is you don't have to build it off your personal brand. You don't need to ever show your face technically for people mm-hmm. to love your product and to buy your product, right? Mm-hmm. I think the downside of that is you have to put a lot more effort into, into marketing strategies that are a lot more technical such as ads, SEO, the things that I just personally don't like doing. <laughs> well, for me, if I can get on stories and sell and use my face, mm-hmm. be like, oh, come on, connect with people. Yeah. That feels a lot easier. But I also don't like to get into that habit because I don't want people to only associate me with the brand. So it's like, it's like a love-hate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love it. So I say that, yeah, I'd say the marketing for for this is like a little different for me it's an adjustment yeah 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 just an adjustment you're not really marketing yourself you're marketing your product you know your business so it's different which feels harder to sell sometimes because you're like they don't (laughs) they either like it or they don't yeah (laughs) like your personality can carry a lot you know what i mean in your marketing but products they like it or they don't (laughs) so um yeah i think that was a challenge for me yeah at first that makes sense. What about you, Danny? I don't even know. I think systems can be a little bit hard, like um, mm, just yeah. kind of working different programs with each other and so forth if you're doing it on your own. But um, 
I can't really say that now because now we have a website designer that's helping us with that. So that's been like, you know, a great privilege we have and they've been helping us with. So I think initially it was just like systems trying to like get it to work because there have been some issues where people do uh, message us and like, this is not working. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make sense or something like that. You're like, okay, how do I make it work without it ruining something else in the system? You know, sometimes you can make it work, but then it messes up with another part of the system, yep. up all the flow works. And custom gifting is just a little bit more, Mm-hmm. you know what's the word tedious so you have to just be careful and not trying to yeah it's just tedious <laughs> yeah the, yeah the shopify bundle apps or something else they're yeah. like there's if anybody knows they know <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah i'd say the bundles and the apps and everything are like very interesting and challenging yeah well there's some the apps are, are like there's some of them that are so good and other of them are they're just terrible yeah <laughs> or they need coding or with Shopify and Shopify has a different um, language mm-hmm. when it comes to coding. And so it's like, if you're not a developer, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard to build like the perfect site that you want. But yeah. Yeah. I would say that. If you guys have any app suggestions, let me know. Cause um, I'm trying to get my husband to create something on shop for like a Shopify store. So Ooh, yeah. yeah, whatever you need. Yeah. We'll let you know. We have some new ones that we're switching over to. So once we know the names and everything, we'll let you know. Yeah. Oh, cool. I now have one more question and I want to end with a different thing, but I have a question on um, like what lessons you've learned from starting your second business while managing your first one. Okay. So for me, it goes back to the brand thing. And so for me, it's like, I love that I was able to leverage our personal brand to get us launched and going, but I, we are now in the process of kind of disconnecting a little bit and making it its own brand. And we are the founders, but you know, and, and our story will be on our website, but it's not going to be something to where I'm launching through my personal brand or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was a big lesson. Also, definitely just being prepared financially was a big lesson. We didn't realize the amount of financial investment it would take to get launched and everything like that yeah. to get a good website, all of those things. So I think those were like the two like primary lessons right now. Yeah, for sure. And um What's the question again? What like what lesson did you learn from starting your second business while having your first one? Yeah. I would agree. Same. Same thing, yeah, right? honestly, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. I can't even change that. I feel like it's just yeah. Yeah. Going back to actually with the financial investment in, in regards to having two different businesses, you basically have to when you're launching a second business, what I learned, and you're using your first business to pay for it you have to put more work into your first business to fund the second business, but then you have no time for the second business because you're putting so much work yeah. into making money for the first. Like, so that was definitely like a huge challenge in balance. And that's a big reason why for us personally, we invested in team members right away. Mm-hmm. We just knew we were like, we just need to have other people focusing on this so that, I, you know, we can focus on, selling and making the money to fund the second business and then letting other people run it and then yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, who was the first was part? Who was the, what was your first hire? Like what, what was the team member? Marketing assistant. Or the job, sorry. Yeah. Marketing assistant and then production, meaning like the person that um, handles the in-office stuff, all of the yeah. management and stuff like that. Yeah. It's so smart though, because you just, there's only so much time in the day and like, you know, you already have a business to be, to have to have a second business and like 
pack all the boxes and ship everything and answer customer service. No marketing. Like you can't do that. There's only so much time. So I think it's awesome that you guys said, okay, you know what? Day one, we're going to outsource and have a team that can help run things because we can't do everything. So I think that's really smart. Which we probably wouldn't have done if it were our only business, right? Or our first business. But because it was our second, we had the ability. And so we just jumped on it. We're like, we don't need to make our lives harder. We're no heroes. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we learned that in life as general too. So yeah. sometimes you just got to delegate because pay for the plumber. <laughs> it can get very, uh, it can get very overwhelming, even when you know how to do something, or even though you can, you're good at certain things, it's sometimes easier to delegate or pay someone else to do it so that they can, you know, so that you can have more time to yourself because you don't want to at the end of the weekend, continue working on mm-hmm. a project, right? You want that break. You want to be able to have a good mental health mm-hmm. and energy for your regular life and not be, you know, down or feeling bad about it. So delegation for sure helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, I actually did a podcast episode yesterday and I was talking about the seven mistakes that I made with my, with my first business. And one of them is not outsourcing. That was my mistake number two, but really it should have been mistake number one, um, not outsourcing because you literally cannot do everything. And if you're spending all of your time packing boxes, like Rick, I don't know if you guys know Rick Mulready. Um, I'm in his group coaching program now. He's amazing, but he calls it like the $10 an hour tasks and yeah. basically like stop doing the $10 an hour tasks and yeah. do the money-making activities because there's only so much time. And again, you're, you you do not want to work like 14 hour days. Like you want to have balance and you want to have time for the things that make you happy. So, and I do think a lot of people struggle with that. I know I did for my first business. I was not in a good mindset. I had terrible balance. I worked all the time, <laughs> um, which is why for my current business, I do all the things that I didn't do right the first time. You know, I outsource, I try to have boundaries. You know, I, I, I don't work all the time. I work a lot, but not all the time. So yeah, I think it's um, something that you have to learn, but I think you guys are, are doing a good job, like, you know, trying to balance and, and grow the business. And then one more question, if you guys have time, yeah. Um, yeah. what advice would you give someone? I feel like I'm asking you like all these cheesy questions. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They're good. What advice would you give someone who has an existing business and, and is thinking about doing a product? Like what any sort of advice you would give them? Yeah. So my advice, if you already have a business, is thinking about how you can serve the market you're already serving in a different way. Mm-hmm. So as an example, if you're a business coach, maybe you can create a planner right? That you sell to coaches, maybe it's a coach's planner or something along those lines, like really make it easy for yourself to think about how you can serve the existing market and fill a corner of the market. That to me is like the easiest route. If you're someone that is like, oh, I just want to start like a random, totally random different industry business. My recommendation would be start warming up your audience and kind of like introducing them. So for example, if you want to sell face oils, right? It's like, are you starting to develop that as a part of your existing brand so that it makes sense that you start selling face oils and nobody's surprised. And then they're like, oh, I, you know, I love Carrie. Let me grab her face oil. That's so, that's so new and fresh, right? So that could look like every morning putting on face oil, you know, or whatever that is for you. So that would be my recommendation. Do you yeah. have any? Yeah. I, well, along with that, because that's such a good 
point to bring out because you don't want to you want to have some something where you can start off with right mm -hmm. so if you can get a product or develop a product and you're thinking about your audience mm -hmm. you're more likely to have success with that right because you're thinking about people um, if you already have an audience like that i don't know i think honestly just start small in the sense of like just develop it make sure it's right don't really just jump into it and kind of like in the sense of like um just putting everything into it and not really thinking about other people in the sense of your clients or buyers and so forth. So just start, start small and build it to where you want it instead of just jumping all the way in and later have to redesign or rechange it to where you like it at that current point. So intentionality. Yeah. Get a course, get Carrie's course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go into her program. That's what we did. <laughs> Literally. But yeah, that's be intentional. That's so true. That's a good point. Being intentional. Because let me tell you, especially with products, like that's an expensive, you can make some expensive yeah. mistakes in the name of creativity. When instead you can let your creativity live on paper, live in Canva, live in different places for a little bit, let it sit. And figure out, you know, the other parts of it before yeah. you launch. Because I kind of felt, I say that because I kind of felt an RN kind of went, or I should say I went a little bit overboard with certain things. Like, oh, maybe yeah. I should have held back on getting this amount of products and so forth like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, okay, now I'm trying to still figure that out, even currently mm -hmm. of, of those things. So if you just kind of like work it and see what people are liking it and then kind of work your way towards that instead of just feeling like, oh, this got to get out now or so forth like that. Yeah, yeah true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very easy to overspend. Um, I, uh, when I sold my business, I had like $15,000 of inventory in my house of products just accumulated over the, you know, two and a half years. <laughs> and like some products I could just like, I could not get rid of them. I could not sell them. I don't know if, if you guys ever, if I ever told you my Corgi story, Oh yeah, on my podcast you told me oh, about no. it. I don't. I actually just donated those dumb toys to a rescue. <laughs> I spent three grand. Oh really? I bought three. I spent three grand on these stupid corgi toys for an event that I did, and I thought, oh my god, I'm going to sell everything, and like no one bought them. They were like custom <laughs> toys. They were like six dollars each to buy, which is, you know, that was a mistake. But like. So you just never know, you know, but it's easy yeah. to spend money on things and like you will make mistakes and you know, that's just how you learn. So, um, but yes, product is like, you can overspend on everything from boxes, product packaging. Um, and I think it's important too, when you're first starting, like you don't need, you don't need all the bells and whistles, you know, like there's certain things you need, right. You need a good website. You need good photos and like the rest figure out as you're growing and making money, but like sell some stuff first and then invest in the expensive website or like, you know, packaging, you can use basic stuff to start off with. So, um, well, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And then tell people where they can find you and, um, yeah, anything else you want to offer. You guys have a lot of businesses, so let's hear about whatever you want to share. Yeah. You can, um, follow us at shop the CEO box on Instagram, and you can also check us out on our website, which is www.shoptheceobox.com. And Danny is not on Instagram. <laughs> He's definitely a behind the scenes guy, but you can follow me um, at my name, at Kirsten Rodan. And uh, there's many ways to work with me. So you can check that out uh, just by following me over there. 
Yeah. And check out the wait list for our custom box gifting. Yes. For our program, check our concierge program box design. That sounds so I'm like, I already can see the dollars flying around you guys. Like, <laughs> that's going to be so big. So I'm so, oh, we're so excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Well, thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. And um, it was just amazing to hear all the amazing things. Why do I keep saying amazing? God. Um, <laughs> to see I, all- <laughs> I, I, I literally just said amazing like six times. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Awesome to see your success, and I'm so excited for you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Are you someone that's dreaming of starting and launching your own subscription box business? If that's you, then I invite you to check out my course, the Subscription Box Launch Academy. It is my signature course that I've had dozens of people in over the past year, and I've helped people create and launch their dream subscription box business. My course literally covers every single step along the way, does not leave a single beat out, and it will give you everything you need to start and launch your own subscription box business. I have a payment plan. I have lots of options for you, so go ahead and check it out. I'm going to leave the link below in the show notes. Again, the Subscription Box Launch Academy. Um, Kirsten and Danny, who are in this episode, were in my course. They enroll, they finish, and they launch their business, and they're thriving now. So I encourage you to check it out, the Subscription Box Launch Academy. I will leave that in the show notes. Such a great episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, again, so special to talk to Kirsten and Danny, and I absolutely love their business, and I cannot wait to see how big this business is going to grow because it will grow to be a very big business, I can tell. So anyway, if you guys love this episode, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button below and leave a review. I love five-star reviews, and each month I choose one person that wins a 60-minute strategy call with me for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening. I I appreciate your time and see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie a Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.